Greetings and welcome to the Upper Pen Podcast. My name is Dakota and today I'm talking with Nat Webb, Editor-in-Chief of WinGraph Cozy Fantasy Magazine. Thank you, Nat, for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So, Cozy Fantasy, it's pretty popular right now, but what does it mean to you? <laughs> Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think um, part of the challenge is Cozy Fantasy is really just starting to catch on. It's really starting to explode. And so um, it means something different to everybody right now, right? And part of what I'm hoping to do, I, I mean, maybe this sounds a little uh, hubristic, but what I'm kind of hoping to do with WinGraph is, is to try to help define it, right? Um, so to me, Cozy, there are kind of two key aspects to it. And I've spent so much time thinking about this <laughs> and trying to figure it out. Um, the first one is the idea of a smaller uh, scale or lower stakes, right? Um, so usually we're not talking about saving the world, right? We're not talking about big battles with armies clashing. We're not talking about, you know, people dying, that kind of thing, right? It's, it's um, lower stakes, right? And then to me, and this is something that I'm still kind of working through, but a big part of it is actually the setting of a cozy fantasy story, which to me, it's it's almost essential that the setting should be somewhere that you would want to live. You, the reader, you want you would read the story and say, like, man, I wish I could go there. I wish I could live there. Um, you know, and, and when I think of sort of the classics like um, The Hobbit, right, you've got The Shire or the Redwall books, right, Redwall Abbey. You know, these are places that when we read these books, it's like, I want to live in a hobbit hole in the Shire. <laughs> that's like, that would be my ideal home. My wife is well aware that that's my perfect home would be a hobbit hole. Um, you know, and so that sense of of welcoming right that you can read this and imagine yourself actually living there as opposed to a lot of fantasy or any other genre where it could be an amazing book and a great story but you know you'd never want to live in like the world of game of thrones right no i so i think part of why people gravitate towards the shire is because all the hobbits belong right so i think mm -hmm. that sense of belonging is really part of cozy for me too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, and the sense of community, right? Yeah. And that, you know, even when there's conflict, it's either conflict within the community that um, people are trying to work out, or it's conflict often in defense of the community, you know, and you look at um, Lord of the Rings, right, which talk about epic scale, right? You know, you've got angels and demigods fighting each other and like huge armies clashing and everything. But the heart of that story is really about Frodo trying to protect the Shire. Um, and so, you know, it counts in that way, right? That it's a, it ultimately comes back to defending the community. Yeah, so you have a, in this collection, there's a couple stories that are, um, they, they feel more about belonging. Um, like, uh, I'm thinking specifically of, um, what's it called? What We Buried. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the, the, it's a short story about a kid who gets recruited by some dwarves to go save their dwarven kingdom. Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, but it feels more like it's about belonging, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know, and that that story is very telling, I think, because when the story begins, 
Um, the main character, Ash, is very alienated. His father's just passed away, and he's basically alone. Um, and then these dwarves come, and he's kind of like, uh, I don't know what's going on. Like, you're trying to get me to do some weird adventure. Um, yeah, and he goes with them. And by the end, of course, he's found a new community with them, right? Um, but then also, literally, he has helped to save their community from this uh, this outside threat, you know, no spoilers, but um, yeah, but that's very much a theme of that story. And, you know, even if you look at something on the much smaller scale, um, like Dragonsmith by Angelica Fiore, you know, it's, it's much more a slice of life story, but it's still very much about community, right? It's about a blacksmith who's trying to basically um, bring back sort of this smithing tradition at a festival in his community is trying to give something back, but also sort of overcome his own, um, self-doubt and that kind of thing and uh, there's a a woman a, a witch who comes in and kind of interacts with him and helps him do that um but yeah i mean it's the same thing just on two different scales the other mm, like big feature that i saw or theme sorry <laughs> words and stuff <laughs> um was family and that's something that you mentioned in the introduction too right yeah yeah and you know family is another type of community um, you know, and I think if you read something like, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, um, Legends and Lattes, right, by Travis Baldry. It's like the 10,000-pound gorilla in cozy fantasy. Um, it's very much about found family. Um, and so, you know, when we say family, it's it's another word for community. It doesn't have to be your blood relatives, although, of course, it can be, but it, it can also be the people that you choose to make a part of your life. And then... Of course, there's the last one epilogue by Rajiv Mote. I don't know mm -hmm. how to say his last name, but... Yep. <laughs> um, uh, and that one is very much like calling back to Legends and Lattes with this, like, you want to leave adventuring what happens next, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I got that story um, and I just, you know, I read it through and I just immediately knew... I'm going to buy this story and it's going to be the last one in the magazine. <laughs> you know, it's like just perfect. So perfect. Yeah, it's it's really a beautiful story because um, there's so much world building behind it, but it's only ever accessed in terms of these two characters and their relationship and their memories and shared experiences and that kind of thing. How did you go about getting submissions and then deciding like on these nine stories because it seems like there's got to be so much oh my god yeah okay so we got um 73 submissions for the first issue um and i pretty much just went about it the same way you do any sort of open call i posted um you know there's a facebook group that has a lot of users that's you know sci-fi fantasy open calls um i got on a couple of the websites rowland and submission grinder or something you know and I don't know, people just found it, I guess. <laughs> and so I took stories for a week and my plan was like, okay, I got to take it slow. I have to be realistic. I'll spend, you know, two months to make sure I'm able to read everything. I have no idea how many I'm going to get. And basically stories started coming in and I was just having so much fun reading these as they came across the transom that I basically read everything when it came in. And so by the end of that week, I had pretty much read all the stories. Um, and so then it was like only another week or so just to make final decisions and stuff um, and, you know, reach out to everybody. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, there was nobody who I said, oh, I want to print the story. And then they're like, no, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I was lucky in that way. Um, yeah, you know, and I ultimately, I think I, I really just wound up taking 
everything that really struck me. Um, and originally the magazine was going to be shorter. It wound up about 50,000 words. Um, I was, I think, shooting for like 30,000 maybe, but it's like, I can't not buy these stories. <laughs> um, and then I, I did write one myself. I know that's like people go, oh God, the editor has a story in this in this magazine. Um, I Honestly, I mostly did it just to save some money <laughs> on the first issue because I had no idea if I was going to make back any of the budget or anything, but you know, it saved me like $87, I think because I didn't have to pay myself. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I have no idea how you go about setting up a magazine. So how did you do it? Yeah, so so the story is um, last year I self-published a novel and I have written novels previously that were published with like little tiny indie presses. Um, and then I wrote this one and nobody wanted it. So <laughs> I said, well, I think it's good. So I'm just going to self-publish it. And so um, through doing that, you know, I learned about uh, commissioning the art and doing the layout and doing the cover design and then getting the files ready for to go up on Amazon so you can sell the ebook and do print on demand and blah 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 and so I, I learned all this kind of technical stuff um, and I found that I actually really enjoyed doing it weirdly you know like I think a lot of authors complain about all that stuff <laughs> all the other things you have to do other than just writing the story um, and yeah I found I actually really enjoyed a lot of it and so you know, comes 2022, and I'm sort of thinking, well, I definitely would really enjoy self-publishing again, but I'm a slow writer, you know, I'm not going to have another novel done for God knows how long. Um, so I just sort of started thinking, well, I've got these skills now, and I, you know, I've got this know-how, I like doing it. I could use this to give back to the community in a way and, you know, create something that doesn't just rely on me. Um, and at the time, I had been looking for cozy fantasy, having a hard time finding things that kind of matched exactly what I was personally looking for, you know, getting back to this idea of it's very um, nebulously defined right now. And so I thought, well, if I start a magazine, then I can pay other writers and promote them. I can put these skills to use. I can make something which I really I just, you know, anytime I create something that I can hold in my hands, very satisfying for me. Um, and I can help define what cozy fantasy is. And so I just thought, well, what the heck? I'll give it a try. And <laughs> if it's a disaster, it's a disaster. And if not, that would be great. It turned out so good. And if you. people haven't seen it, this is what the yeah. book like. And it's so nice. Like, I don't know. I love it a lot. Thanks. And it's like, I love uh, just I'm, sitting down and reading it. <laughs> I'm really happy with how it came out, honestly. You know, when you start something like this, there's so much terror and anxiety just of like, this may be a huge disaster and a train wreck. And it really was not. And <laughs> I'm very grateful for that. But, you know, really comes down to just the quality of stories that I got um, and the quality of the writers who really kind of came through on this weird project that, you know, I had no idea if people were even writing this stuff, if I was going to get anything that worked. And we ended up, I mean, the whole magazine is great, in, in my opinion, at least. But the stories are great. I do really, like, I loved every one of them, which is surprising because normally I'm like, oh, you know, there's some really good ones and then there's some that just aren't for me. But yeah, everything felt pretty spot on for a cozy fantasy or, like, embracing the slow or the... the yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. You know, and I made some what I felt at the time were sort of risky decisions. Um, one of them is um, A Petrified Heart by Catherine Covado, um, because it, it is actually a little dark at the end. And ultimately, I just sort of said, A, it's just a really good story. Catherine is just a fantastic writer. Um, but B, I mean, it gets back to this idea of the community, right? That she spends so much time sort of giving you a real feel for the community and the culture of these fairies, right? Um, that you're really invested in that. And so even though, again, there's sort of a darker turn at the end, um, it, it feels earned to me. It feels validated in that, you know, we're... we're bought into this world. And again, it's a world that we would want to live in, right? And so even if the, it takes some darkness to protect it, um, that feels valid to me. Um, and then I, I would say the other sort of risky one that I bought was um, Your Own Beeswax by Dan Crawford, <laughs> which is like kind of the odd duck, I think, in this in this issue. Um, but I honestly, like, I just thought it was a really funny story. <laughs> like, I just, I love the character of Poland the Minstrel and like, just the story made me laugh and again i thought okay this isn't exactly like you know hobbits in the shire but i would want to live in this world because it's just so humorous you know um and so i just said I, i'm exercising editorial discretion here and i'm going to put this in even though it's like kind of weird i don't know i think it fits because poland is like uh i don't know it's like the quiet traveler mm -hmm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. um and it just kind of is like they just go along with everything. They're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's not looking for trouble, right? She's she's looking for stories, but she's not trying to cause trouble. Yeah. So I think it fits, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Good>. very silly, <laughs> though. That's, yeah, it's a very silly story, and I totally just loved it. Um. So the other thing is, this says Volume One, Summer 2022. Yeah. So does that imply that there's going to be like a winter volume that, two? There is actually going to be an autumn volume huh. two. So we have announced our next reading period begins August 1st. Uh, and the goal is to then release that issue October 1st of this year. So with any luck, we're going to have two issues out this year. Yep. That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, I'm just so pumped. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, is it going to be roughly the same size? That's a great question. I hope so. Um, you know, I, if I get 50,000 words of stuff that I love, then yeah, it'll definitely be the same length. Yep, for sure. Um, and, you know, if anything, I'm expecting to get more submissions this time, you know, because I got 73 stories when it was just me and like a Facebook group, you know, and maybe I put something on Reddit at some point and I had no idea if anybody had even heard of this, you know, and now we're slowly kind of building up, you know, we've sold a number of copies of the magazine. We're slowly building up the Twitter following, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm expecting I'm going to get more stories this time. Um, and, you know, just for my sanity and my wallet, I don't think I want to make it any longer. Um, <laughs> but I think I think we're going to fill it out. I, I think it's going to be awesome. Is it not just you anymore? Do you have another, like, a crew? Um, no, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just me. I, I am talking to some people, um, 
but nothing's official yet or anything like that. Um, you know, and it's it's small enough and it's manageable enough that I can do it myself. And, you know, I maybe this just is because I'm a control freak, but I like having sort of the um, the editorial power at this stage to really still be shaping very thoughtfully what goes into the magazine. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that will change over time. But right now, I love doing it and I'm not burnt out yet. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, you get to read all these really great stories. Yeah. I mean, sure, some of them are probably not the best, but then you get, like, these nine, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. Like, we got a few stories that I just thought, like, why did you even send this in? <laughs> but I think I'm learning that um, every magazine gets that. You know, I think there are people out there who just, they see an open call and they will just fire off whatever they've got without even thinking about it. And okay, that's, you know, maybe a little insulting, but, um, but yeah, and, and, but we got also a lot of stuff that was tonally, thematically, absolutely perfect from the magazine, but they were just, you know, the writers were not as experienced, not as practiced. And I, and I tried to, especially with those types of stories, really get back to people with some meaningful feedback about this is why we didn't take the story this time, you know, think about these things in your prose and your characterization, whatever it was, and then please send us more, you know, because a lot of folks were, they really hit the nail on the head in terms of the ideas. Um, and it's just, keep practicing and you will get there. I so it it's di it's difficult because with larger journals, um, literary journals anyway, you can spend a little time and and fix mistakes with mm -hmm. an author, but when it's just you, it's got to be hard like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, and we did I did do edits with the authors. Um <coughs> excuse me. You know, some of the stories came in and was like, I'm going to remove a comma and that's all I need to do on this. Um, and some of them was more like, OK, I want to tweak a couple things here that I think could just be patched up or whatever. None of them needed serious edits. Um, but I did do a couple rounds with a couple of authors and everybody was absolutely a dream to work with. I mean, you couldn't ask for a nicer bunch of authors, which is good because it's cozy fantasy, right? Like if these people were jerks, it would be very weird. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, maybe submit to a different magazine. Yeah. <laughs> you're not Just so cozy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you also have another magazine called Rake Kill, right? Rake Hell, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is that one? Yeah, so Rake Hell is a magazine of swashbuckling adventure. Um, and this was something that I've put together basically because Windcraft didn't crash and burn. And so I thought, okay, I can do this. It wasn't a disaster. Um, and this was another, you know, looking just to to fill a hole of this is something that I want to read. And it's hard to find new stuff that's coming out. Um, and so, yeah, did basically the same thing. Just put out an open call, read a bunch of stories, um, picked my favorite ones. And I've actually, I just got today the print proof for the first issue of Raquel with this incredible cover art um, that I'm totally in love with. And uh, yeah, it looks really good. We did a couple little minor tweaks, but um, everything basically is in place. So that's coming out July 1st, and we're definitely going to 
going to hit that deadline, which is a good thing. But um, yeah, so we've got six stories in this one. It's a little bit shorter, but it'll cost less. Um, six stories in this one, and they range from um, a couple historical fiction, uh, one kind of steampunk story, one that's more like high fantasy, um, but they all are, you know, action, swashbuckling adventure. Um, it, it's really cool. It's, I'm really happy with how it came out. I'm excited to like see it and read it when it when it's available. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I hope it lives up. <laughs> well, you know, I it's funny because a few weeks ago I had ordered um a Mark Lawrence book, which is really dark fantasy. Yeah. Um it was the Prince of Thorns special edition. Oh man. <laughs> and then so I dark. also got in Legends and Lattes the same day. So I was like, ooh, you know. Two sides of a very intense coin. Yeah, wow. That, so. Yeah, those are extremes. <laughs> I, I actually, I tried to read Prince of Thorns, and I read the first chapter, and I put it down, and I said, this guy is an incredible writer, and I cannot read this book. I, like, I just, it's too dark for me. I, I would just, if that's how, I don't know, I would skip to maybe his, um, his, ancestor trilogy or maybe okay. the, the girl in the stars trilogy okay they're less awful <laughs> <laughs> he's such a good writer and it's yeah. just like is painful sometimes to read yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, all right that's good to know because I, I just sort of thought like well he's one of those grim dark dudes and that's what he does but if there's less horrific things that he's written i should check them out for sure yeah but this is kind of what the the Windgraf versus Raquel feels like is like there's these calm, serene stories, and then uh, Raquel's more like, let's do stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's much more like it's straight action through the whole thing. Um, it certainly does not go into grim dark, um, <laughs> you know, but it's more violent. More people die in Raquel for sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm never going to be like the whole grim dark thing is just not. For for me um so it's never going to be anything quite to that extreme um but i do you know i also i love sword and sorcery uh you know old like conan stories and stuff which are obviously are very violent so it's not like i object to it it's just you know it's it's a question of attitude and focus i think ultimately um you know that if you're if you've got a story where somebody dies and then it's described in great detail and everybody's really miserable about it. That's different from, you know, a swashbuckling adventure where you stab a pirate and they fall off the side of the pirate ship and you never see them again, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe that's a little cartoony or whatever, but it's, yeah, it's just a question of, of focus, I think. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this swashbuckling adventures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be really good. The other thing that I wanted to know is why do you think cozy fantasy is so popular right now? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I I hate to go with the obvious answer, but <laughs> I think the obvious answer is COVID-19. <laughs> you know, for me, certainly that has been a big part of it. And not just like, okay, the world is terrible and we want to have some sort of escapism into something that's nice and welcoming. Um, but also I think people feel very alienated these days, you know, not just because we spent two years not being able to leave our house and see our friends, but also just because of 
the level of divisiveness in culture, particularly in America, but I th- you know I think really all across the world, um, and just the sense of loss as far as community and being able to communicate with new people and um, have a shared experience with new people that I think is something that we're very much missing. And this was, you know, it's not just in the last few years, this goes back decades, at least in American culture. Um, But the more that that gets exacerbated, I think the more that people are looking to fill that hole. Um, And that's something that Cozy Fantasy does really well. So I was describing this Windgraft magazine to one of the girls that I work with. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like a lot of um, like fan fiction that I would read because I wanted that type of story, but nobody catered to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great to see it have a place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This actually came up. Um, I did a podcast a couple months ago um, where he brought up this idea of Coffee Shop AU, which I had actually never heard of. Um, so he had <laughs> live on the air. He had to explain to me what he was talking about. But well, once he said it, I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. Right. It's like you've got these characters who are having these huge world ending adventures and stuff. But sometimes the best moments are the the quiet moments where it's just them hanging out and expressing their character you know and yeah people people really want that and we want to spend more time with the characters that we love yeah well so thank you for you know making a journal (laughs) (laughs) you bet thanks for reading it yeah well thank you nat for joining me today oh thanks so much for having me this was really fun and if you haven't read Windgraph yet, pick up a copy, maybe submit in a couple months to the new journal, you know. <laughs> Thanks for listening and have a great day.